Let's visit the 90s all over again. Put on those hammer pants. This is Dope Nostalgia. Hello, my 90s family. This is Naomi and Dope Nostalgia episode number 119. This one's going to be a little bit different today because we have a special guest who is the host of the YouTube channel called The 80s Gamer. You can find him at youtube.com slash The 80s Gamer. His name is Cody Reed and recently he got some notoriety and some attention because he did a really cool react video to the New Kids on the Block music video with Rick Astley and Vogue and salt and Peppa for their new video, Bring Back the Time. Cody did his own react and it got a lot of attention. Um, you have to go check it out on his YouTube channel. He's had quite a few views and it's called Bring Back the Time Reaction Grown Man Cries. Cody had a really heartfelt response to the video and it caught the attention of Donnie Wahlberg as well, who invited Cody to come to the mixtape tour on him this year. Cody is doing a lot of things. He's told he's got a very varied career. One of the things that I really enjoyed talking to him about was his time spent working and appearing on the television show Nashville. Probably have quite a few Nashville fans out there, but we had a great conversation. I'd like to introduce you guys to Cody Reed. Cody from the eighties. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I don't know if you know anything about my podcast yet, so I can. I, I've, I've scanned a little bit of the Twitter of, that I that I kind of noticed that, you, you know, dope nostalgia, mm. 90s, all things that I that I very much like. So I'm happy hey, to be here. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I'm I'm Absolutely. very much I'm very much uh, stuck in the 90s. And that's why we do this show. But um hey. Not a bad place to be stuck. <laughs> you know, yeah. And, worse, I've been stuck in worse situations. <laughs> and it's cool because we get to talk to different artists that are from like the realm of pop and rock and even a little bit of country. So it's been quite the adventure starting this thing up. So yeah, that's really cool. That's really yeah. awesome. You know, I, I, I like communicating on the internet. I've because, well, it, it's a good thing. I don't, I wish that some of the people that I knew communicated with me more in real life. I don't know if it's the pandemic or whatnot, but I've noticed a weird yeah. frequency change in the way that people communicate now compared to pre pandemic. That's a different story though, but I do love having the ability to connect and meet with new people. And uh, um, it's, it's very interesting the way that technology allows us to do these things. Like I have, all my equipment here in my studio, like it, it's nice to have it here set up. I could do YouTube videos or talk to you or, or anybody. And then at the same time, I can take this, you know, outside with a, with a rap artist or, or a musician and make a music video, you know? So it's, uh, it's all very portable mm. and awesome. You know, that back in the nineties, they had the huge million dollar, studios um and, and it is it, it's cool to see how now it's all you don't really need all of that necessarily and it, it uh i grew up in a tv station that my uncle owned so it was like a whole huge 
master control room you know mm-hmm. and now it's just beep, this little <laughs> i got my keyboard i got a camera you know microphone and a computer some lights either which way it's Rambler. nice to set up your own thing it's perfect yeah. right i i yeah it, it's it's nice to uh be able to be creative on the fly i'm one thing that i've dealt with i think in the last 10 years of having all this technology on the flip side of that is almost having too much ability like mm. like too uh like too many things that i can do to where it, it kind of sometimes i get a little you know i'll i'll work on a bunch of different projects and you know i might just start something and then it's just just this little thing and i'll find it in my computer like five years later i'm like wow what was that and like it was just like this thing that i recorded that was great but i probably only i only i did it one night you know mm-hmm. and then it's in my computer and it, it's just in the computer abyss you know <laughs> whereas back in the day when in the 90s we had tapes we had cassettes I remember my early days of recording and producing music that like I would have these tapes and cassettes of beats that I made and they were so freaking important to me. Like it was, if I lost the CD or the tape, I lost the beat that I, that I made now yep. it's your computer hard drive crashes, but it, it's uh, uh, unfortunately I lost that whole stack of CDs. So somebody has a whole stack or they might've been thrown in a dumpster. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I've, yeah. I've gone through the whole hard drive crash thing where I didn't have everything backed up and then the drive stopped spinning. Mm. <laughs> so I've still held on to that drive just in hopes one day I can take it to one of those data recovery places. I think I have one or two of those still in my Lego cabinet over here. Yeah. Um, yeah I, uh, I have on my computer, I have like a dual hard drive system that if one goes down, it, it's, it automatically copies everything to two hard drives oh, wow. for redundancy. So I hope that it works. I've never had to test it, but that's just one section of the drive. But, you know, as a filmmaker, cause I've been doing filmmaking for the last, you know, 10 years or whatever. Now um, I I've, I have, 30 terabytes of hard external hard drive filled with film like just footage of things that i've filmed whether short films music videos vlogs whatever you know i've there's been a bunch of different moments over the last 10 years i was like oh i'm gonna do a short film or i'm gonna Mm -hmm. you know i i work i do music videos for all sorts of people you know on lower levels or higher levels in the entertainment industry so you're a busy guy you got a lot i i want to be more busy right now i've been locked up in my apartment and it's driving me a little insane (laughs) (laughs) um in a in in the best way because really i i i really want to be doing stuff like i feel like i'm underutilized right now Hmm. um you know just because i always want to be doing something it's like well what if i'm not doing something that i'm in my head you know and sometimes you want to be there to figure some things out but i'd rather be doing things than so much in my head you know um 
mm-hmm. it's been a real interesting journey with this whole Twitter thing because uh, ever since Donnie shared that video that I made and, you know, wrote such a really nice compliment and, you know, invited me to one of their shows. Uh, I think all these people on Twitter have been hitting me up from the new kids fan base. And Mm -hmm. that's really great because I never focused once ever on Twitter ever. I think Mm -hmm. I had like 60 followers on there before this, you know, and now my Twitter is pretty active. Um, The internet is a weird place. Like uh, YouTube, I've, I've, I started taking a focus on YouTube about two years ago mm-hmm. and trying to be like somewhat active on there and like being like, okay, maybe I'll get some subscribers. Maybe one day I can monetize my channel. And it, it, it was, it's literally, it was literally like the, the hardest thing I think I've ever done is because when you put up a video that you spend hundreds of hours on or 80 hours or whatever, and have it get three views, mm-hmm. that could be very frustrating with some of the stuff that I've done, you know, cause I I've, I've done music videos for clients. They'll go up, they'll get 50,000, you know, hundred thousand views or whatever on their page. That's great. And whatnot, but okay. Now I have to build my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. How do I do that with being, you know, I'm known somewhat in Nashville or my hometown, but not really known to the world. So uh, trying to build an audience like on the Internet has been really interesting. And uh, I've kind of given up on like my Facebook and Instagram because mm. it was mostly people that I've known my whole life. And they're so sick of seeing me create because <laughs> they're so, I've been doing it my whole life. Not all of them, but they're like, okay, Cody, when are you going to do something besides putting these videos up on Facebook? You know? And, and I, and I think I feel the same way. Like it, it's been hard for me to find a place on the internet. Um, so it's been really nice since all the new kids on the block fans are so supportive, you know, mm. and, and so just trying to build an internet community, I, I give it up to anybody that has a show like yours or, or uh, trying to communicate in this sort of level, putting it out there. Like, it's really cool. I, I, uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what, you know, I have a virtual reality 360 camera and all this stuff with the, with the virtual reality glasses and whatnot and it it, uh 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 or with the oculus headset and it's it's cool to see where all that is going and i'm kind of interested in where all that's going to go at the same time with all that being said i'm still stuck in the 90s the, the late 80s the early 90s i don't know music from nowadays barely i mean i reacted to the new kids on the block video because oh new kids on the block yeah i know that i mean i'm a so i'm always busy producing or creating something even even if i'm not getting paid you know whether it's a a a deadline gig for an artist or something or or just i'm doing my own music or whatever Mm -hmm. um i'm always creating so i'm kind of in a bubble 
And like I said, if I'm not the, you know, I don't know anything modern. I, 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 I heard the name The Weeknd. I know that band The Weeknd. And uh-huh. when I heard the new New Kids song, I was like, okay, that kind of sounds like The Weeknd a little bit. Yeah, you know, I can like, hear I was the like, that, synth that, sound in there that The Weeknd would be fond of using. He's kind of got that as, throwback sound a bit. As much as I love Bring Back the Time, I say it's probably the best song that I've heard in 30 years. Um, I've been saying that to people. Mm. Uh, because okay i'm a music producer i've worked with tons of artists amazing people i do video music videos all sorts of stuff what's the holy grail is writing like a the perfect pop song you know yes. and it, it that's like the holy grail to me like take on me you know the song take on me to mm. me is a perfect is perfectly crafted pop song, you know, chorus versus uh, pre-chorus, uh, out, uh, you know, little melodies, as like a hook. There's so many little things that make it perfect, you know, like, and when they did take or bring back the time, when I listen to that, they, I think they, I'm pretty sure that they did what I have been wanting to accomplish and i don't know if i could ever crack that code any further than what they did on bring back the time Mm. i don't i don't think that well i could be wrong i but take on me bring back the time i don't know that's like that's a really high tier now how could i how could i go above new kids on the block bringing back to the not 80s nearly not nine to that time which is the exact thing of what I wanted to write a song about for so long, you know, but that's why I think it kind of, that's what kind of led to me breaking in that video subconsciously. I didn't even know it. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of different reasons. Like I said, you know, growing up when I was real young, being a new kids fan and then getting made fun of for liking them uh subverted into kind of hate we'll say which is depressing yeah that's depressing like and if you go back and look at it like as a young man a lot of that happens to a lot of young men because they have to grow up or, or you're that's not manly or whatever you know for whatever reason you're subverted into saying that this is stupid and yeah it 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 that song just broke me because all of those feelings when I saw them on there in 2022 and I had no idea. Okay. I've gone down the Wahlberg Wahlbergers, all that rabbit hole now, ever since this video, my mom knew more about what Donnie's been doing in the last 20 years than what I've, than what I knew. Thanks. I've, like Blood. I said, I, <laughs> my mother, I've been, a, I've been loves Donnie now. <laughs> yeah. I, I had no yeah. idea about Wahlburgers. I'm pretty sure I've seen Wahlburgers maybe in a grocery store, or but I didn't know what they were doing necessarily, Yeah, which that's a whole nother level of something. But uh, uh, it, it was just, it's been interesting going down the rabbit hole 
ever since then and seeing how much they've done because that just makes the impact of what I saw in that video that much more meaningful as Mm -hmm. far as what it what it what I was trying to the reason why I put out the video saying you know these people take care of their families they take care of thousands of people thousands you know and Mm -hmm. and uh so I, and it's been a humbling experience because immediately my mind went to, Hey, let's, I want to work with these people now because look at all the things that I do and I want to help, you know, I, I want to help them in some way in whatever it is they're doing. Mm-hmm. Then I start thinking and I'm watching all the videos and all the, you know, shows that donnie produces like it's it's really i've worked for famous people before when you're taking care of thousands of people like i just i want to give a big shout out to donnie and say you know you're a pretty amazing person for doing all that it's not uh it's it's difficult because you're, you're swimming with sharks when it comes to the entertainment business and everything's about money and ratings and all that. So you have to be on top of your game to take care of everybody that you care about, you know? And so that when watching that video, I, I could try to explain it more but other than just appreciation for donnie because as a songwriter i'm like well i know donnie's the songwriter and i I don't know how i knew that but i knew it that Mm -hmm. he writes a lot of the stuff and whatnot and uh it's just one of those things i'm i'm always here creating i got my keyboard here like yours i'm like (laughs) you can't see it i'd have to point it down there but uh, oh see that's that's nice yeah i got a nice little setup and you got, I noticed when I said they noticed your camera, it's got this little like, like it does this little bit of a back and forth to it. Yeah, it's moving. Yeah, I can control cool. the speed too. Check this out, like <laughs> with my phone. So if I go like this, I got my little app, smart shot. Look at, let's speed it up. Is that oh, the camera no. itself or is it just like the, what it sits on? It's a mover. I got a, it's like a newer, it's the company is called newer. Um, and actually they make the lights that I have here as well, which are led panel lights that you can put batteries in and actually the same battery for the mover. Mm -hmm. are the same batteries. So I have 12 of those batteries. And the reason why I got that is because well, it's nice to have it in the studio here like this. I'm like, oh, it's cool. You know, whatever, making the videos, you got your little mover. But I wanted to have these lights to where I could go out in the fucking, well, excuse my language, go out I into the woods, you know, <laughs> you know, go out into the woods and shoot a music video or, or whatever, you know, have the ability to have the multicolor LED lights, mm. their panels, you know, I could show you. Mm-hmm. you know and, yeah. and uh and they were they're not that expensive i found a nice pocket on amazon of 
gear that was like, oh, here's the thousand dollar version. Here's the two hundred dollar version. Ah. And the two hundred dollar, the good two hundred dollar version. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of what I've built. Like this mover was six hundred bucks. The really good movers are like two thousand, three thousand. You know, and it, depending on what they're getting cheaper you know but mm. um but yeah i really like you know i love filming i would love to go out into the woods and shoot a music video i was supposed to do it with a friend last year uh that's one of the reasons why i got the uh the stuff because i'm like well let's go shoot something in the woods you know I'd, <laughs> uh, you know because why not like I, I don't know like i always i always look at my music videos if you know I'll, I'll send you some links sometimes but there's like sure i love stanley kubrick and i just love good framing when it comes to filming mm-hmm. and so uh a lot of my music videos the way i look at it is let me slow down the slider a little bit so we're not so cruising so fast um no motion sickness uh, you know yeah. so but uh but i just love framing i figure i can make it look really good just by framing not necessarily the production level of what goes into the frame but how you have something framed and then more of an isolated story with one subject or you know if you're dealing with two subjects two people or whatever confrontation make make it more about the filmmaking than necessarily all the hoopla that's going on behind the frame well that's why cinematography is such an art right it's yeah it's it's incredible i was on that tv show nashville on abc for like four years i i love that show oh really I i miss it yeah I really did. Aww. I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed the music too. There's some pretty good songs that came out of that show. Oh yeah. Uh, if you watch the borrow my heart song when they're out at the park, I'm all over that bump, bumping my fist right in the front crowd. And it's a beautiful shot. The lights are coming from the band and, and uh, Claire and Sam or uh, their characters, mm-hmm. uh, Gunner and uh, uh, what's Claire. What's Claire's character? I don't know, but it's been so long I'm forgetting. It, anyways, uh, Scarlet. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're there, and uh, uh, the lights are coming. And I'm in the front, and the guy who's the cameraman is this guy, Bob, who I looked up his IMDb and then come to find out, because I, I was watching this show back. I'm like, oh, what a great shot Bob got, you know? And because I was so... I'm right in the middle of it. They even used it on the commercial, the little part where I'm kind of dancing. Mm-hmm. And and uh and so I look up Bob's IMDB. This guy had shot Days of Thunder, mm. Edward Scissorhands. Wow. All sorts of crazy cool stuff this guy mm-hmm. had filmed. And so the next time I went and saw him on set, I was like, you know. I was like, dude, you shot Days of Thunder, you know? And he's just like, he's just like this humble, you know, not older gentleman, but, you know, older than me that nobody would ever probably talk to, you know, because he's just very unassuming. And uh, 
and it was just it was a really cool moment because I got to tell him, hey, you, I love your shots. And I, whenever I get in one of your shots, it looks awesome. And so he's all, he's, oh, thank you, whatever, you know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, being on that show was really, really cool. I got real lucky. The creator of the show, Callie Curry, she's married to T-Bone Burnett. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. And so the music for the first, T-Bone did the music for the first two seasons of the show. Um, I never got to meet him on set then, but I did see him on set in latter seasons. He just wasn't necessarily working on the show. Mm. It was real incredible. Yeah. A lot of amazing music. Um, Speaking of nineties artists, I got to be Christina Aguilera's photographer in an episode of Nashville. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 See, I was an extra, but I don't know who there was letting me do all sorts of stuff. I think it might've been Callie mm-hmm. um, or it, it had to have been Callie because she's the creator of the show and she was always there, but mm-hmm. I got to do a lot of different things. And, and uh, like normally um, I played like the roadie for Connie and deacon sometimes like there there's an episode where they're at the grand old opry and i'm in the background where like luke wheeler's looking on all pissed off because (laughs) connie just left him and he's back so jealous yeah back with fucking deacon who by the (laughs) way chip charles esten he likes to go by chip he's the best and i love him to death uh but uh yeah uh so the, the doing that episode where uh you know christina aguilera is on the show she's playing a diva on the show and i'm just going to state it for the public record she couldn't have been sweeter in person maybe you know wanted to be professional about it but everybody was talking crap about her and it really annoyed me because she was there with her family she was working and she mm-hmm. was doing a good job she was she was playing a diva on the show but she was she was the furthest thing from a diva. And everybody always says, like, oh, uh, she's a diva. She's she seemed really nice to me. I, I mm-hmm. just I don't. Uh, that was something that bothered me. Um, like, why are you call maybe she was maybe, you know, the method acting. It's like my friend Claire, who played Scarlet on the show. Claire Bo- yeah. Claire Bowen, she, okay, not to, you know, give away secrets or anything, but like she'd be on set and she'd be distraught, you know, if she was, if she was not distraught, but like you could see like that she had already gone there to the place where she needed to be to make the character come across in, in a kind of method kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, she had to be there first. You know, there was so there was a day where like I'm on the bus. There's they have a bus and like I'm on the bus with her and Sam, the guy that plays Gunner. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're just for like three hours because there's a scene where we walk out of the bus and I'm helping them with their gear or whatever. And they're all in a good mood in the episode. So when we're on the bus. I mean, I remember us just cracking it up and having a good time. 
you know, I started, I think I even started singing like some songs from little mermaid or something. And, and it was hilarious and fun. And she was in a great mood that day. And I realized after watching the episode, like that it was, it's all, it's more of a method thing for a lot of the actors. They have to get in a, in a headset, you Mm -hmm. know, you could have all the hoopla in the background you want, but the thing that you're focusing on and getting that drama from is that actor and it needs to be believable. And sometimes some of them like Hayden, it was like, she would flip it on and off like Hayden Panettiere. She -hmm. would either be on, you know, and and shooting the shit with people and then could at the drop of a dime, turn around and start crying on film. Like she was already in a state that, you know what I mean? Which which is pretty amazing in itself too. You know, Mm -hmm. the two different aspects, like difference between somebody who can just turn it on and turn it off, or I need to be here for a couple hours before really going there, you know? So story short yeah i got to work with christina aguilera on an episode which was great but being on that show i mean i got to learn so much from film about filmmaking mm-hmm. that it's just invaluable I'm, I'm super thankful uh ton i got to you know ton mario van peebles talk about another person from the 90s he was mm-hmm. one of our directors on that show eric stoltz was a director for an episode or two mm-hmm. um Quite a few yeah, cameos, uh, right? Quite a few guest appearances. Uh, Elton John was there for a day. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was all sorts of really cool cameos that uh, that uh, I'm like, oh, shit. You know, oh, Steven Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, spoilers, <laughs> the stage on the show even though they were like, oh, we're in Indiana, we're in Los Angeles. It's always the same stage. We just would move things around a little bit and, mm-hmm. you know, the light, you know, change the lights a little bit or change the LED panels. Um, and it, it's hilarious because they would they would bring in like 400 extras for the concert scenes, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then uh so, but this this shots where you see like they'll they'll shoot back at the crowd and it'll look like a whole huge stadium full of people. Mm-hmm. They had gotten fill shots from a stadium show that they did for season one at the where the uh, 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 the Tennessee Titans play. Uh huh. Okay. And so they use that and just me being a filmmaker, I could tell because they have they would put the cameras on the stage pointed at us and and have the cameras not move. And they would move the cameras around and do these multiple shots to get the shot from the crowd. And they would just superimpose the crowd with the big stadium shot. And they kind of superimpose that in there any time that they showed the big stadium shots. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and uh, it's really int- it was for me as a filmmaker it was really interesting to see how they did that but it was also really interesting to see that they did it all the time like there, like at least once a week there would be 400 background doing these concert shots 
yet they always used the same wide shots with mm-hmm. the it's hard to explain but and i i was like is this a freaking scam you know i was like are, are they what are they even doing you know like i was like why wouldn't they just use some of the same footage again you know of the crowd shots instead of having 400 people come in once a week to film this very nonsensical crowd stuff that doesn't matter at all and we're mm-hmm. talking thousands and thousands of dollars every day um mm-hmm. and my only thought process to the reason why that was happening with the show is that the city of nashville was paying lionsgate who produced the show a lot of money every year millions of dollars to keep the production in nashville and so authentic and to keep it authentic actual locations exactly so i i will say straight up they kept it real and they freaking paid all of us every week to be there to make that show they Mm -hmm. paid me for four years you know i had a job there for four years and when i was going through it as a filmmaker i'm like what is going on here this is weird but the more I look back at it now, I'm, I'm really thankful because it was like a community thing, you know, and and <clears throat> it brought people to Nashville and it, it got people interested in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kept people. You know, it, it was a community like when that show got canceled, the community broke up and not to say that there isn't still a film community or a film community in Nashville, but. It, it was it, it yeah it uh not to dive too far off topic or anything but uh it, it uh it changed i moved i moved home after it got canceled i came back to upstate new york and i've been trying to figure out what to do with my life ever since mm. <laughs> that's a lot of, yeah. that's good to have on your resume that's for sure yeah i mean <laughs> it I got to do all sorts of stuff down there. I was on a show with Billy Ray Cyrus mm-hmm. called still the King. I don't know if you ever heard of that I show. I think I've heard of it. I've just never seen it. Yeah. Yeah. It had Chris Farley's brother was on it. Kevin. Is that his name? Uh, Kevin. Yeah. I think his name he, is Kevin. He, yep. He used to be in that MTV boy band show called Together. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Same, same guy. Hilarious, by the way. Right. And okay. and then also Joey Lauren Adams. Oh yeah. Was on that. Chasing Amy. Chasing it- Amy. Mall rats. Yeah. Yeah. And I uh I totally had a crush on her when I was younger. And then <gasps> Days um, and Confused. Days and Confused. That too? What a Absolutely. perfect movie. Absolutely great. One of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, ben Affleck is in that with the fuck you paddle. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't even realize it. Like the original time I watched that movie back in the 90s, it was like rewatching it 20 years later where I realized that was Ben Affleck. I Yeah, I didn't know the first time I first couple times I watched that, that, that was Ben Affleck. I didn't yeah. know that was Ben Affleck until Ben Affleck was Ben Affleck. Yeah. And then I went back and watched it and I was like, oh shit, it's Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. Like after, uh, you know, uh, Goodwill hunting had probably come out, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah. more of that. So, which 
great freaking movie produced by Kevin Smith, mm-hmm. who created Mallrats and Chasing Amy. I also think that he might have wrote it, but that's nor here or there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. When I watch that movie, Chasing it, or, or when I watch Goodwill Hunting, mm-hmm. like that sounds like Kevin Smith to me. Yeah. Like if you go back and watch that movie, I've never seen that movie. You've never seen Goodwill Hunting? Mm-mm. No, I'm really bad with with catching up with movies honestly the 80s i hardly saw any movies i've had to play catch up <laughs> see we're in the 90s here though yeah i know i know but i was all in the music always the oh, music it's cool it's cool you're gonna have to watch it sometime that's mm-hmm. that's it's a good one it's one of my favorite movies for sure it's got a lot of heart mm-hmm. um not to say that ben affleck and matt damon couldn't write something like that but you know, and and to be fair, Ben Affleck has written a bunch of really good movies in in later years. So I, I it doesn't surprise me, you know. Um, but it, for some reason, it just that movie sounds like a Kevin Smith movie to me. And my only thought process on that is, well, Ben was working with Kevin at the time, mm-hmm. okay, and so he's around Kevin all the time, and they're spitting that fast kind of tarantino-esque dialogue and maybe that's something that he was just like okay this this kid's a genius you'll have to watch the movie goodwill Mm -hmm. hunting i don't want to spoil it for you (laughs) okay i will i will Uh, it's on it's going on the list watching it okay (laughs) yeah i i uh i'm a big movie buff as much as you know, I'm stuck in the 90s with music. I'm definitely there with movies as well. Forrest Gump. Okay, I've seen that many times. When I was in the great land of China, I just loved playing ping pong with my Flexolat ping pong paddle. <laughs> That's what he said. Yep. I think. Yeah. It's pretty Close. well. Sounds right to me. I but used yeah. to know most of the movie by heart. And it's real annoying to watch with me unless you just love me because then you see how excited I am. You're like, oh, okay. Uh, (laughs) I'll let let him be excited to watch Forrest Gump for the two, three hundredth time. (laughs) Well, I definitely want to make sure that uh, we get out there um, the different projects that you're working on so people can check them out. Like your YouTube channel, of course. Yeah. The 80s gamer. See? mm -hmm. I'm stuck in the 80s, 90s. <laughs> it started because I was playing a lot of video games and I and then I was like, well, I'm going to start reviewing video games. So I'll call it the 80s gamer. Mm-hmm. But then I realized that was like because I've changed my name. on I had changed my name on there a bunch of times on YouTube mm-hmm. and uh, and on Facebook, you know, I've created two or three facebooks over the years and it's just the internet is just like this place of like whatever you know and <laughs> out of sheer frustration i decided about two years ago i said i'm not changing my name because i what i had looked up on you know i got all scientific 
mm-hmm. on the interwebs and I uh and I, I was looking at the keywords and all that you know and so I was like gamer mm-hmm. I'm, I'm playing games from the 80s let me find the best name for that and so I typed in gamer 80s uh good into the keyword thing uh bad for you know gamer 80s whatever when i typed in the 80s gamer it came up excellent and i was like oh okay so this this google likes this name so it Mm -hmm. must be right you know you want you want the artificial intelligence to embrace you you know you 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 have to appease the ai overlord in order to get retention and and all the algorithm uh, right to get the the (laughs) algorithm you have the yeah you know massage the the ai nicely you know and uh and so i decided i was like i'm sticking with this name and it's been there for two years now Mm -hmm. so we got the the blockheads have brought in like a good hundo and 60 160 170 new subscribers cool to my youtube so i I really appreciate that it's got me at almost 400 now i think or 350 and so it's been a struggle like i I, it's so weird like i said i've done all these cool things in life i got to open up for willie nelson with my band i've had some cool successes but doing the youtube channel is one of the hardest things out of all of that that i've done I, I swear. And Which then makes trying it more to f- interesting because it's such a challenge. It's a super challenge. I don't want to just put out crappy content. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. And I, and I struggle. Sometimes I'll put up something or, and I'll be like, oh, I'll delete that. But I, I, it's really more of, okay. Like that video that Donnie responded to mm-hmm. bring back the time reaction that's what i'm talking about you know what i mean it's about making a, a real connection with somebody who appreciates what you're doing mm-hmm. i have been struggling with that for years because i know my worth i know what i'm capable of so putting stuff out just to put it out it gets frustrating because it's like, okay, you want to connect, you want to put out emotional content Mm -hmm. or content that connects, you know, and I don't want to use tricky freaking retention getting tricks that all the YouTubers are using, you know, welcome everyone to the blah, 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 blah. And I do it. I mock it a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> and I have fun with it because it's like, you know, you know, everybody has an intro and everybody has a thing and you want to have it all. But the algorithm likes things that are very calculated and, mm. it, you know, in a kind of blockchain manner, we'll say it's it's very the same intros. Keep it keep it consistent. And I understand the value mm. of that. And that's something that's why I haven't changed the name and I put my intro on most of my videos now and I have a little outro and I'm doing these little things that I think help a little bit for sure. Uh, Maybe more than a little bit actually, but, uh, and I'm noticing it, 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 it's 
the consistency of it, it allows the videos to kind of all be in a seminar. And I like that. I understand why things work that way. But at the same time, the stuff that I connect with are the things that mean something to me. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of it's 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 a struggle. I'm always wanting to put out content like that. I need more people to work with. I have thousands of songs, mm-hmm. beats, songs, music. I need more lyricists to work with uh, people that have something to say, people with with a voice. I played in a band called Kim Logan with this, this lady, Kim Logan. You can look, look her up, look up Kim Logan gentleman. If you get a chance okay. that we played audio tree, uh, Kim Logan gentleman at audio tree. There's a full, the full session from audio tree in Chicago. Um, but uh, I, I, you know, I've gotten really lucky over the years to play with some pretty amazing people. And I'm in a band now currently called shameless strangers which I've been in for 18 years off and on. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's a lot of fun. People really, I mean, we have people come from Boston, New York city, just to Mm -hmm. see us play at this little dive bar in Plattsburgh, New York. And that's really the only bar that we've ever played at. (laughs) We've only played at this one spot. We've played a a, a few other, you know, we'll say probably, we'll say probably 20, 30 other shows besides for the the shows at this bar Mm -hmm. but we're just known there you know and it's cool uh it would be nice if we did more with it um but at the same time i it's not something where i try to push too much like we have to do this or we have to do that to keep the band going I don't, we just play shows when we want to play shows. No pressure. Um, No pressure. Now, I would like to do some housekeeping things for the band, like actually record an album since we have like 90 songs and people love the people love Shameless Strangers. Okay, I'll send you some links. I'm going to start posting some more stuff to Twitter of it, but the people that love this band, they love this band. Like it's not like a, I look out in the crowd and there's always people dancing in circles and it, it's a really good time. Mm. It, it's a very special thing. And so I guess the, the main members in, in our band, we don't, like I said, no pressure other than the pressure when we're on stage to, put on the best show that we can, which we always do our best. Mind you, we don't ever practice. The only practice that we ever have is our shows. So it's, Mm. it's kind of, and in a lot, the songs are all different styles, blues, jazz, funk, rock. uh, You know, uh, we got a song called flapper girl. That's all swingy, you know, yeah and so there's there's it's i don't know how to explain it other than we have a lot of fun it's very of the 90s we'll say my singer grew up right around the corner from uh uh jimmy pop in the uh what's that band uh 
The you and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals. And uh, that's doing like we do on the Discovery Channel. That's right. Yeah. Uh, who's oh. the? Oh, I'm losing the name right now, though. The Bad Touch, Bloodhound Gang. Bloodhound Gang. Yeah. So Will, my singer, grew up right with the Bloodhound Gang. So he was always needing to be like that good because they had all these like really catchy crowd pleasing songs in their local audience. At least this is what the way will, because I, I, all I can, if I showed you the, the early shameless stranger songs, these songs are absolute genius. And I mean, they, they deserve a lot more, more than where they're at right now as far as audience appeal and whatnot but they're mm-hmm. fucking amazing they're some of the greatest songs <laughs> that i'm like I, I it's just incredible i'm like how did you write these songs you know like yeah. w- w- what was it that like inspired you to make these and will would say like one of the big things is that bloodhound gain had all these great songs that the crowd they're like crowd singers so like if you're listening to the song you're like oh that's hilarious and it's almost like you're paying attention to it and you're like this is this is hilarious it's a story like telling a story you know and so some of of their songs were so all over the map too and segmented in different ways and it was really interesting it's very interesting that's what i said and he the one called Mope. That? That's like I think the one. There's one called Mope that kind of. I think it samples Metallica. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I, interesting. I had to check that out. Yeah. I like songs that sample Metallica. <laughs> uh, Me too. My buddy, one of my closest friends, is his name's Kenny Olson, and he was Kid Rock's guitar player for the first. 11 or 12 years of that whole run Mm -hmm. so when you watch all of the early kid rock videos kenny's the guy with the goatee who's just ripping on guitar i mean he 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 wrote a lot of the melodies in those songs in the early days he started the twisted brown trucker band those Mm -hmm. are all of his people um they were from detroit and actually kenny he's worked with shaka khan he was he he did the Jimi Hendrix experience for a number of years where he toured with the remain remaining members of Jimi Hendrix's band. And, you know, he did an album with Billy Cox and, you know, it just he's amazing. And now yeah. he's in Pink Floyd, basically, mm-hmm. with Stephen Perkins from Jane's Addiction, mm-hmm. uh, the dr- drummer from Jane's Addiction, the singer from Fishbone and. Uh, a couple other people, uh, uh, David Gilmore, I believe it's David Gilmore who put it together from Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. That it with the remaining touring members of Pink Floyd, Kenny doing the David Gilmore parts, my boy Kenny, um, and then singer from Fishbone singing, Stephen Perkins on drums, and it's like the at the Think EXP Museum in Los Angeles. Okay. Steve Allen, I think, built it or something. I don't know. One of the Microsoft guy, I think. I don't know. Mm. But they do a thing, they do a show there, and it's like a Pink Floyd thing. 
I don't know much about it other than Kenny's in it. He does the guitar parts and I've, I've watched their podcast a few times. They'll have interesting people on there. They got a little podcast going. Um, the think exp podcast thing i don't know it's pretty cool though my my boy kenny uh he's worked with everybody shaka khan they did an album together mm-hmm. uh, so talk about a 90s artist who's just he in my opinion he's one of the best guitar players of that era that it really doesn't necessarily get the attention that he deserves uh, mm-hmm. especially since he left kid rock and he's not with kid rock anymore um you know mm-hmm. you know how those things go <laughs> and, and uh he you know it, it, it's uh when i was living in nashville i met a lot of interesting people that whole camp my buddy zach who's darius rucker's cousin you know mm-hmm. they all they're all in like the doc mcgee camp Oh, Doc! I'm a Bon Jovi fan. I know. (laughs) Yeah, Bon Jovi, Skid Row, uh, you know, Kiss, Mm -hmm. and he was Darius Rucker's uh, manager as well. Um, So I met I met some people loosely around that crew uh, in Nashville, and my boy, like I said, my boy Kenny. probably one of the most amazing guitar players just I've recorded with him on some songs for an artist that I produce. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I noticed, like he didn't just come in and like, just put a couple chords down over this track that I made. He listened to all the nuances and then like, kind of like, and when Albanus, Albanus Terry is an artist that I produced if you check out his YouTube, he's one of the best dancers on the planet. He choreographs hundreds of dancers. Um, he was in a boy band called Contagious, actually. And the, the way that I met him was I was in a band in Nashville in 2013. We put on this show with 30 bands, and one of the acts was a boy band. <laughs> and everybody was like, why is there a boy band on this bill? You know? And I, I remember everybody Why like, kind of, yeah, you know, and I, that's what I went with Seth, my buddy who organized the show. Why not? You know what I mean? Like, you know, they're going to bring people to the show. Like, great. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's just funny. Cause you know, being on the whole new kids thing and thinking about this because I met Zach at that show. Who's my boy, Zach Rucker. And, uh, and we might have been outside whatever you know and i'm like hey you know started talking to him and hitting it up and uh just talking about music and stuff and and then my band went up there and played and he was real impressed with my bass playing you know because i like to slap it at the bass a little bit you know (laughs) and and so that's how I met Zach. He was managing that boy band, Contagious. And in, in, a couple years later, I kept playing with the, a girl, Kim Logan, that I played a show with there. She was doing backup for my band at that show, which fell apart after that show. Hmm. I, I continued playing with Kim, though, because I filled in with her band on bass because 
she didn't have a drummer and a bass player. Mm-hmm. So I, the, the way that it was working out for that show was you can use our drummer and bass player. If you come and do backup with us, well, I still collaborate with Kim to this day on stuff. I mean, we, I mostly do video editing for her, but it's just mm-hmm. funny how, how that happens. You know, I, I went in there playing with another band and came out playing with another band. And, and uh, so anyways, years went by and that contagious group had broken up or whatever. And Zach was producing Albanus still does man it, not produce, but manage Albanus. And he started bringing Albanus over to my studio and we started recording a bunch of songs. And that's why he's like, Hey, my boy, Kenny Olson, I want to have him come. I'm like, I need a guitar solo on this, like a Michael Jackson style guitar solo. Cause uh. the song was like, like Albanus is very Michael. Like you'll see, if you look him up, it's, it's a interesting spelling, but Albanus Derry, like T H E I R R Y or something. Um, he, he reminds you of Michael. And so this song that I made, I might've, I didn't necessarily copy any song and I'm not going to say that publicly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was inspired and I was like, I need, you know, one of them guitar solos on this track. That is like how, like on, in the, in the, early 80s or 90s when somebody did a rap song or something or an r&b song every once in a while you would hear one that has just like a crazy guitar solo on the end of it (laughs) kind of out of place but but not you know and so my boy zach was like oh man i got the perfect guy for that and like who he's like my boy kenny he's like yeah he's kid rock's guitar player and at this point in time i'm not sure if zach is a you know bullshitter or if he really knows all these people that he's oh he's Darius Rucker's cousin or whatever you know what I mean like I had no idea I've I'm realizing now that I've left like oh my god I was hanging out with all these people that are like literally Doc McGee's crew and like all these mm. artists around the BB Buell I did a music video for BB Buell who's Liv Tyler's mom yeah. You know? Um, but it, it didn't sink in until I left really. And, and, and then, you know, Kenny brought Zach or or Kenny brought Zach, Zach brought Kenny over and, you know, he put this guitar solo on that song, but he also put guitar on it and he was so thoughtful about it. Like it wasn't, we became great friends that day. Like we hung out in my little room in the back of the studio, which had no windows, for like seven hours, you know, and, <laughs> and recorded this song. And it's just interesting how, um, oh, you got your cat. Oh yeah. She's just been hanging out for the last few minutes here. <laughs> Putty sleeping. I put up pictures of Putty on, on, uh, on the Twitters, but he's, he's great. I love my cat. I got uh... distracted by the cat. <laughs> <laughs> She interrupts most of my interviews. It's cute. I, I appreciate you taking the time to talk. I I'm I know I'm rambling a little bit, but like I really it's been fascinating. Really it's cool been, to it's, talk to. Yeah, it's been fascinating learning so much about what you've been up to and being able to share that with everybody. So I'm glad. 
Ralph McDaniels here, Video Music Box. Yo, let's take it back to 89. New Kids on the Block, Rick Astley, Salt and Pepper, and In Vogue. Bring back the time.
play it, play it, play it again. After these messages, we'll be right back. Tonight, from wherever in the world you are listening, give a big hand for your host. from Price Tag Pod, and I'm so excited to be a part of the Dope Nostalgia Podcast. Price Tag Pod is a new cheesy game show podcast due to release on April 2nd. Price Tag Pod attempts to put a price tag on your dignity, and to do this, the show breaks down into three easy parts. First, we ask our guests 11 uniquely ridiculous questions. 376 pounds. Uh, you have edible glitter in all of your drinks for life. Oh, no. who, who would agree to that? No, never. $500, Tim. Oh, $500. For the whole of next year, you have to have a mullet and a mustache. Ooh. $100. Would you drink from your best friend's toilet bowl? Oh. Next, we negotiate a price. £110. Oh, I think it's definitely worth more. How much you got, pal? Give me, give me a number. Let's do two hours of your pay then. Let's do $22. $2201. I'll take 2201 Or I will do 2201 You just want a weird number, right? Then at the end of the show, we calculate the total. $370,784.95. You were worth $395,717. Nice. That's like almost a two-bedroom condo where I live. And that's it. We have fun. The guests have fun. And we see how cheap or expensive people's self-worth really is. To follow the show, just type price tag pod into your friendly neighborhood Google engine and we'll show up somewhere. Have a great week and we'll see you on the show. Makes a nice, light snack. <laughs> no, I, I, anytime you want to do this, you know, I'm, I, I love doing stuff like this. Um, I've been looking for, I, 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 I want to do a podcast and mm-hmm. I have, a, like I said, I have a lot of friends who are famous who would probably, if I was like, hey, let's just do a Zoom real quick. You know, I get caught up in my head and it it's nice. I guess it's just nice having someone to talk to. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and that's what I think doing these sort of things, these podcasts and stuff. It's, it's really cool because, you know, now I'm like, OK, it's five o'clock. We've been talking for an hour just flowing. Mm-hmm. And and of course, you know, I know I talk a lot. Um, I have a lot to say. Yeah. yeah. Well, you've, you've had a lot of really cool experiences. It's, it's nice to be. That's able to what I'm saying. Those. Life is great. Life is great. I love, uh, creating. Um, I, I don't know what is going to happen with all this stuff with the new kids and, and all that, but God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, does things in interesting ways. And I don't think things happen by accident, you know? So when Donnie says, I cried when he cried, 
mm-hmm. shared this with everybody and there's this connection now you know i want to see where that's gonna go so now i'm just kind of like well what okay i'm here and what are we doing you know i you know i I would love to be on the cruise with all the blockheads. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yes, I'm a single man at 39. Um, <laughs> being on a cruise with 3,000 women my age doesn't seem like a bad thing. No, not at all. No, I'll be no, there. It seems- <laughs> I'll be and there, you're going to be there. I mean, yeah. you know, come on. Like, and I've talked yeah. to so many people. There's, there's been a whole group of, of people, of women uh, mostly women, one or two guys that I've talked to too, that are like, Hey man, thank you for, uh, you know, being a voice for the male blockhead. Isn't that nice? And it is nice. And I'm, I'll proudly wear that mantle, mm-hmm. um, or crown or whatever, you know, whatever I'll proudly wear that and, and uh, take it as far as we can, because I support this community. The, the, their, this community is the most supportive community I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. on the internet or in real life, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, it's, uh, and the reason being is what is it that they do? What is it that, that, that the new kids do? What is it that Donnie does? What that they do best? They, they put smiles on people's face, spread love. They spread love. The songs mm-hmm. are positive. They're about yeah. empowerment, even, you know, hanging tough, hang in <laughs> there, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's about positivity and, even good vibrations the song that donnie wrote for for mark it, mm-hmm. it's it became number one think about that song good vibrations sweet sensation feel it feel it it's empower it's like you know it's like that guy on youtube that is really annoying but he's so empowered that you're like oh i gotta listen to this guy because you know, the self-empowered videos that you're like, ah, maybe some of it is good. Maybe some of it isn't, but it just really gets you. Like I work for a chiropractor in Nashville. My cousin, the reason why I moved to Nashville in the first place was my cousin was a chiropractor. Okay. His girlfriend cheated on him with one of his patients. (laughs) And she was like the, it was him and her doing the whole thing. And so he, he called me up. He's like, man, I need help. You know, you want to come down to Nashville? So I went down there at the worst time for him. And I just kind of went, you know, and I was living in literally the back of the chiropractic office Ooh. for the, we built a recording studio back there and wow. I was living in there. I was like, well, well, yeah, where, you know, and uh, <laughs> I learned a lot. I don't know what I can't remember. I digressed while I was talking about chiropractic, but uh, we were talking about good vibrations before that. Oh yeah. 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 Mm. The positivity. So yeah. vibrance, family, chiropractic, um, live, thrive, vibe. It, uh, there, that was our saying that we came up with. Um, and it was always about being positive. And before that I had, been not positive for a long time i was very angry before i went down there and started working with my cousin Mm. for one reason or another i'd been in a lot of rock bands you know shameless the band that i was in that was a fun band i kind of exiled myself from it because i wasn't having fun 
Mm-hmm. How can I be in a band that is called Shameless Strangers when I'm not having any fun or I'm feeling full of shame, you know, because well, I broke up with my girlfriend or this, just whatever life reasons that made me feel miserable at the time. Yeah. And it took a lot. I think I, I, I give my cousin a lot of credit because I used to fight with him like crazy because uh, he's obnoxiously positive, mm-hmm. you know, like in the best way, like, you know, he just wants to do good. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes when you're not in the right place and then he has, he had to do what he had to do to protect himself from that sort of negative bombardment that somebody in not the right mindset would be reflecting on that i feel like i've learned a lot about that and putting that positivity out and that's what donnie does he's always always putting out he doesn't show i i watched i'm doing i'm i'm reading the history books okay I, I've I've watched all the episodes of Wahlburgers, all the episodes <laughs> of I Love Jenny, just because I'm like, this is what I do. I research shit. Once mm-hmm. you know, oh, you're hitting me up in my, you're sliding into my IMs now, Donnie. Okay, I'm gonna look in to see what kind of shit you've been doing. You know, yeah. And and so, and what I've noticed is there's like a couple moments where you know him and Paul they'll bicker, and that's you know, of course they're gonna make it in the context of the show. Mm-hmm. But 98% of the time, it's always smile. He's always smiling. He's always trying to be positive mm-hmm. and help people out in, in a positive light. So that, he gives that so to much me, of himself. He gives so much of himself to people. Like I remember I can't there's, even believe it. there's one part in that show where he's taken his son out and his son's friends to Wahlburgers for a bite to eat. And, uh, he just spends the whole time visiting with fans, you know, and he can't oh, turn yeah. himself away from it because he wants to make sure everybody gets a chance to get that yeah. selfie or whatever. I it remember is. that. Yeah. Or that episode yeah. where he, the kid drives by on the unicycle. Oh, and he's I like, Hey, that. that's cool. <laughs> he's like, what are you doing? Come here. And he comes over and he's like, he's on a unicycle. And he's like, oh, I got a ukulele. He's like, you got a ukulele and a unicycle? you're going to play that. So you like played a song on the, they made up a little improvised little song together (laughs) and I love it, you know? And cause I know here's the thing. Okay. I've written thousands of songs, so I know who the creators are, Mm -hmm. you know, when I see a creator and it's like, Donnie is a creator, like all of it, like it, it, yeah. Mark is out there and he's got a huge career now. And cause he, he works hard and, does all but if it wasn't for donnie writing good vibrations mm-hmm. there, there wouldn't would be been... no mark there, yeah. there would be no mark Wahlberg career you know um yeah for and i think, it, it I think mark's for... very aware cognizant of that like oh, very I'm much sure so. yeah i'm sure I, i'm sure he is i'm sure he's very thankful mm-hmm. you know you what i mean as much as people would like to think that maybe mark is embarrassed about that i i highly doubt I so. that no i don't i don't think so i think he's like no man that's like what made all this possible yeah the funky got, bunch is just the backing of, band for new kids and it got him out of trouble 
Yes. <laughs> he, you know, because he was he was getting himself into a lot of trouble as a young guy. So it helped him out in ways that are immeasurable. You know, I say the same thing about my cousin, you know, bringing me down to Nashville. Like I was very lost and I'm still lost. You know, I'm still still wanting to figure out what to do, you know, and uh, but my cousin pulling me down there and just giving me that positive, the positive nature that he had and, and being around that chiropractic kind of mentality of health mm-hmm. and whatnot, it, 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 it helped, you know, because it's a different perspective than just the cover the wound mentality, mm-hmm. like chiropractic and everything that goes along with like the, uh, the wellness aspect of all that is like the opposite of just covering up the wound. You have to attack life head on. You have to deal with the consequences for better or worse, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's either cut out the negative things or allow those negative things to just define who you are every day. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, Facebook had became that for me in the last couple of years, that's why I cut out Facebook. I had deleted all my social media, all of it. The only reason why I'm on Twitter is because when I put up that video on YouTube, I, I deleted all social media besides the eighties gamer YouTube channel. Okay. Yeah. And I put up that video reaction to bring back the time. A girl named Camille wrote on this, wrote a comment saying, oh, this is great. Oh, my God. I know Donnie would love this. I'm going to share it with him. Well, then I see like an hour later, another comment. I shared this with Donnie. Uh, He's looking for you on Twitter. I'm like, what? (laughs) And so I activate my Twitter and I don't know where to like, what do I where do I start here with this? So what I did is, is I took that video and I posted it. And I tagged Donnie in it because I'm like, well, how else am I going to get a hold of Donnie Wahlberg on Twitter? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So next thing I know, you know, he's sending me this really, really sweet message in, in my instant message. Um, really sweet. And mm-hmm. it kind of it's kind of like the post that he put up is it, a similar uh, message. And then I wrote a couple more messages and he wrote me another message back. Um, And so it really like, like I said, I had deleted all my social media. I had kind of given up on um, all of this because I have really become frustrated with not having a place not having an audience really for what I have to say. And I feel like I have a lot to say Mm -hmm. and it's like, well, how do you reach out to people? And then I'm, I'm, the more and more I realize it's like just honesty, you know, like I, I put up that video and that was my honest reaction to that video. It broke me. Like it, the, the bring back, it freaking broke me. The damn poster on the wall in the video hmm because i had that poster you know yeah. that broke me because it's like that you're you you spend so much so much time you don't know talk about like 90s bands like i was into corn and like 
System of a Down and Limp Biscuit and you know all the angry rock stuff. You know, while that was hitting the charts at the same time as Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and all that, and yeah. and I made fun of Backstreet Boys and NSYNC because I was into all the depressing stuff, and it's so much cooler to be into the depressing, angry stuff. You know, at least in our mind, in our in our little in our little crew of Jenko wearing kids <laughs> that we were. Yeah. Um, so, but it, 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 it broke me in the best way. It brought me back to that time where I remember, you know, remember Simba, remember, <laughs> you know, I feel, see James Earl Jones. My band has a song called James Earl Jones, by the way. Mm-hmm. And the lyrics go, I was buying ice cream at Dairy Queen. That's when I met James Earl Jones. (laughs) It's like, imagine my surprise right before my very eyes standing third in line is James Earl Jones. And it's like, we exchanged phone numbers. We went out together. We we can't get any better. We are the perfect pair. You know, (laughs) so it's like this whole song. I'll have the sanity. It's great. Sure. Either we which way, it. we should, we can put it at the end of the show. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'll do that. Sure. And uh, and and so uh, James Earl Jones, you know, the whole song is about you go, we go out, can't get any better. We're the perfect pair, good friends. Um, and and then we move in together, but you know, you realize he's a slob and all this. If you remember those old, you know, telephone commercials where his apartment's falling apart. <laughs> um but uh uh it's it's deep like i said my singer genius i don't even know where these things come from but either which way one day i'm watching the big bang theory Mm -hmm. the show the big bang theory Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden there's james earl jones and i'm like oh james earl jones i fucking love james earl jones (laughs) but then i realize they're in an ice cream parlor. Okay. He meets who's Jim Parsons character there on Big Bang Theory. Uh, uh, it's funny that I remember his real name. Oh, your cat's here too. Oh, Putty. There he is. <laughs> okay, we got cats are united. There you go. Um, but yeah, the main character there, Sheldon. That's it, yeah. So Sheldon meets James Earl Jones in an ice cream parlor. They sit down, start talking, and he's like, oh, James Earl Jones, I really think you're great. You're amazing. They become best friends, okay? Just like in our song. They go out. (laughs) They go to a circus. And it's even they're all chummy. And he's just like, James Earl Jones, you're the best. Like, this can't get any better. It, It literally... Okay, and then they, they end up going to a spa and James Earl Jones is talking at the end of our song. It's like years and years went by. Things are changing. I don't know why I'm starting to hate this guy. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and, uh, it, and, it, and it's like uh, there's a line in our song that's like I don't care if you are the voice of Darth Vader. You know, I'm moving on my own. I don't need to see you 
on my phone or I don't need to see you anymore. Don't call me on my phone. James Earl Jones. Get out of here. And so that happens in the episode of Big Bang Theory. They're sitting in the spa and Sheldon's like, this is getting weird. I got to go. And so I don't know if it's the universe or if one of the writers on the Big Bang Theory had heard our song, which is very possible in my Mm -hmm. opinion. Um, But they literally did our song with James Earl Jones on the Big Bang Theory. It's like it's a bunch of people have the same like dream of being his friend. Yeah. (laughs) And and I don't rule that out. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I don't. maybe Maybe it's directly related to you guys. You never know. It could be. So here, another interesting fact with James Earl Jones, this song, um, and Will, the singer, he's like, you know what, Cody? I'm going to give you the rights to James Earl Jones. It's your song. He said that to me <laughs> once. And I'm taking it. It's mine. Um, but any anyway, um, I was in Florida, in Naples, where my sister and my brother-in-law live in Naples, Florida. And I was visiting. And we went to an open mic there. Mm-hmm. And... I played James Earl Jones at this open mic because it's one of the only songs that I can actually, that I'm like confident, like in rocking the whole song out live with just an acoustic. And, and uh, this guy came up to me afterwards in the you know audience. He's like, where did you hear that? And he's like, cause I've heard that song before. Or he's like, where did that song come from? Because I've heard that before. And it was a long time ago when I heard it. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, well, where are you from? Well, come to find out, this guy was from the same area that Will was from, you know, in that area where the Bloodhound Gang and all of them were from. So he heard Will play James Earl Jones. We're talking early. Well, we got together in 2003. So we're talking 95, 96. Mm. that those songs were originally written and that's when will that's when the guy heard it you know and i we're talking now this is like 2010 or 11 when i was at that open mic in naples so and he had heard will sing it my my original my singer in pennsylvania where he was from or whatever you know so it's pretty tiny world (laughs) <laughs> yeah it, it, it's just like that's why it, I, I know when i watched that episode i'm like there's a good chance that they heard us perform it mm-hmm. you know because a lot of kids that w- work in new york city uh went to school in the college because i live in a little college town in upstate new york and we have a state university here mm-hmm. so a lot of the kids that go to school here we actually there was there's a production thing here and I'm pretty sure a lot of these kids directly go directly to work for WWE right from the college here. So there's, there's a good chance that one of those writers, you know, went to college here, was out having a good time, mm-hmm. heard James Earl Jones. They were in a pitch meeting at NBC. They're like, we got James Earl Jones. And the guy's like, well, I got, I got an idea. 
<laughs> it could be. Who knows? Like, but then it could be, like you said, just we all had the same fever dream about James Earl Jones or something. He is that kind of charismatic personality. You know, we all just, yeah, he's, <laughs> he made all that much of an impact on us. Cody, I'm really glad that you uh, had the time for talking today because I learned so much about what you've been up to. And I'm glad you're able to share that with us. I know I have to wrap things up right away. I have a, I have to make a birthday cake for some, for a couple of friends. What are you, what are you making a birthday cake for? couple friends who uh, I'm surprising them with cake today. I haven't made a cake in years, so I really don't oh. want to fuck this up. <laughs> oh, here. I'm going to try to see if I can uh, pull up James Earl Jones real quick. Okay. That, cool. So you could even would... like, is it on? Do you have it in MP3? Oh, I could send it to you. Yeah. That would be perfect. Because if you're going to edit this after or whatever, then. I'm going to put the song in at the end of the show, at the end of the interview. And okay. Then, uh, that'll be perfect. I'll just send you the track then. To hear it. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to send you a track too. I got one for you. Do, too. One do of my you songs. play music? Do you, cause I see your piano there in the background. I was the lead singer of a hard rock band for 15 years. What? Yeah. So we were called six string loaded. You can, I have a YouTube channel of it, but yeah, oh. you can check it out on on YouTube. <laughs> oh okay Six string loaded See, I, uh, here here i was talking about me the whole time which is hey that's what, you're my guest <laughs> yeah but now i'm all interested in what you're what you got going on <laughs> well, go go on your uh youtube i'll send you a link or whatever and you can check it out because awesome yeah i wouldn't mind hearing what you thought of one of the songs that i wrote so that'd be cool no i'd love to hear it i i appreciate I always appreciate hearing other people's voice. Um, I have a lot of my drummer, the original drummer from shameless shameless strangers. He's, he's like a hardcore jazz Latin type drummer guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's very critical, not as much as he used to be now, but he, he went through this time period where he went from loving like black Sabbath. And the only thing he had was black Sabbath tapes to being an ultra jazz nerd that hated anything but like world music that was you know uh-huh. one of those you know and uh 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 oh, fuck what was i why was i telling that story i digressed again uh, <laughs> uh either which way yeah our original drum why was i talking about my drummer there was a reason sucks maybe we'll cut that part out of the podcast (laughs) or maybe not i don't know um but yeah that's that's well you know we're getting old we're from the 80s so we you know our our brain slips (laughs) but i know i'd love to hear your music and and uh oh that's what i was saying I, i i was like uh, it's always nice. Okay, so Bill, he used to just hate on everything, and that was that was like metal or whatever. And this is a guy who was like a big Black Sabbath fan before. And so what I realized in that time period, because I used to always debate with him and be like, "Listen, you know, it's just people can like whatever what they want, man. You know, it's just what they like, man. You know, I'd always have these arguments with him, and 
what I realized out of that, and this is kind of deep, it's funny that I forgot real quick because I think about this all the time, is that music is, for me, in my opinion, it's the language of the universe. If you look at all matter and everything in the universe has a vibration, it has a frequency, so therefore it's based in this kind of music realm this vibrating realm and our music that we create our songs that we write is, is our voice speaking to the universe. It's our interpretation of what we're seeing and what we've been given. And this is kind of our war cry going back, you know, Mm -hmm. feeding back into that vibration. Um, you know, if you listen to, if, if you put a microphone in front of a PA speaker and it's too loud, you're going to get infinite feedback and you won't oh. be able to distinguish anything from anything. It's horrible. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. And that's because you're, it's feeding back and that the vibration isn't being allowed to uh, exist, whereas it's being magnified into infinite. Whereas if you're, directing it out you're you're more of a transmission of a specific energy you're, you're putting out your voice it's like you're this antenna you know i don't know how to explain it other than your own voice it's like so i don't ever like to compare or say that this sucks or or like i've i've gotten to the point now where i'm like i would never say that music at all sucks or Mm -hmm. any sort of form of expression um you know other than like if you're spewing hate like blatant like i want these people to die or you know like there's there's a level there where i'm like i don't i don't need to hear that god bless them for having their voice and being able to speak whatever it is but i don't want to hurt anything and it that's yeah. another thing that I've struggled with is that our mass, the mass appeal that we all have with death and like being obsessed with death and the idea of death and all that compared to life. And so the new kids being, you know, a positive, uh, I, I, I'm more on that vibration. That's though. That's the vibration that I like to send out. I would never judge anybody for sending out, a negative one for being hurt. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm not going to judge Jonathan Davis. You know, I've heard the song daddy. It it makes me cry when I fucking hear that song, you know? So, or, or any number of those songs that you you literally hear him crying on the track and you're like, God, it's therapy. You really went there. You know, yeah, it is therapy. That's why I don't, and I've, I have some angry songs. I got a couple good handful that are pretty angry, you know? Um, uh, but I, I much prefer to be on, I want to be on the vibration of putting out good, good vibrations. Yes. Sweet sensation. I've got the good vibration. Come on, come on, come on. I love I was watching what was it, uh Wahlburgers, and they were talking about how uh uh 
he was like, I just had Donnie say all the, like, feel it, feel it, like, feel it, come on, and all that into the micro, and he sampled it and then played it on the keyboard. So when you <laughs> hear the song and it says, come on, come on, that's actually Donnie doing, you know, the the samples of that on the keyboard. I thought that was great. Yeah. You know, as a producer, I was like, oh, this is great. You know, because I, I had no idea that Donnie wrote that song and that the funky bunch was literally the backing band for new kids on the block i mean the they were maury stars crew you know it, it was the the musicians that were on the albums you know it was because back then it's like okay you could sample some stuff and that's cool but it, it doesn't it's not like having the funk brothers on your i've had a couple song. I've had a couple from from the Funky Bunch be on the show, and man, those guys are so fucking great. <laughs> They're, They're great awesome. musicians. Yeah, um, great yeah, musicians. Hector, Hector and uh, Big Ace have been on the show. Big Ace has been on oh, a couple so times, cool. and he spends Big Ace spends most of his time with Mark. Like he's been in Mark's movies. He travels with him all the time. He's a really cool guy. It's nice. Yeah, I've seen him on in the in the, i think on the Wahlburgers uh yeah show and, once or twice well mark put out a documentary on hbo max called wall street that came out last year and oh uh, yeah Ace i is think in, i saw it i haven't watched that it too yeah okay but yeah i I'm, mean you got to stay true to your people you know the people mm-hmm. that you come up with it's like and that's another it, thing least, i respect him for he's kept you know, he's it, kept his old friends you know and he's kept them close so it's nice if you can you know yeah it i've i've dealt with and i'm sure that just i'm sure they've dealt with it as well as like it's difficult when you see your friends get addicted to drugs and go down mm-hmm. paths that you're not necessarily that you don't roll you've got to protect yourself from too you have right? to protect yourself from them and it is what it is i love it doesn't mean that i don't love them Mm-hmm. any less or anything like that more so maybe keep them away you know but it, it's it doesn't mean you love them any less mm-hmm. um and i do my best to work with uh the people like i said my band i've been very lucky with shameless we have a show on april 22nd by the way at the monopole in plattsburgh um but it 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 uh I've been lucky 18 years to play with the same people that that doesn't that's rare to be a, to be a band Very, that long yeah. you know like guys it's so. hard to keep it's hard to keep like four people five people together on the same path it's very difficult I don't know how we've done it other than well I've I I quit the band once twice actually uh first time was a thing but then the second time i had come back to the band and then i left when i went to nashville so and then the whole time i was in nashville i was trying to get my singer to come down there because i was like bro we're gonna be freaking famous if we you know, i was like if you come down here like you know we could take the band to nashville and and mm-hmm. take it out and take it on a whole nother level and i i'm not thinking this whole time that he, i don't think he really wanted any of you know what I mean? Like he didn't want any of that level with the band. So he kind of just stayed back here in, in, in upstate New York. And was like, nah, I'm good. 
just gonna work you know at, you know he does he works at a tv station so nice but nice. it's been really nice chatting we should do it again sometime i noticed that you do you have all these really great guests i've only i've only looked a little bit down the timeline but i was was it was there did you have somebody from boys to men on or something um, well, I've had Vinrock from Naughty by Nature. I've had maybe uh, it was Naughty by Nature. Yeah. Mark from Color Me Bad, and uh, yeah, it's been a blessing. This doing this. That's really show. cool. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, been I mean, great. You're easy to talk to, so sweet. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you're nice. That. You know, well, I mean, you know, sometimes some people they'll just you'll you'll try. They'll be like, yeah, uh huh uh-huh and you're like okay i'll you know where where are we going but no i, I appreciate your uh your time and uh sure and everything that you really got going to, on here it was really good to get to know you so yeah we'll do it again
or pick up the phone and call us at 780-851-8785. This podcast is licensed by SoCan because we believe that artists should be paid for their work.